Hey guys, so welcome to this week's episode of the Powercast. We have the amazing Selena from Selena Jane Louise. And she, uh, I guess her tagline uh, is the wellness in the mind equals wellness in the body. So I've known Selena for years now, for about six years, I think it is. And um, she's gone through a lot of ups and downs in her life, especially recently. And she is one of the most positive people I know. She's worked on herself so much and has such an amazing story uh, and is just an amazing person. So I wanted to get her on today to share a bit of that with you on her journey. And uh, I know that by the end of this, you just have a lot of amazing energy and really be inspired uh, by her. So thanks so much, Selena, for, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Very exciting. That's all right. So can you tell um, a little bit about, I guess, maybe your journey over the last few years, like what you have been doing for other people beforehand uh, in the coaching kind of area? And then we can talk a little bit about, you know, those different steps in the journey. Yeah, sure. So, well, literally... This time, March, three years ago, I flew to Bali to train as a life coach. And the reason that that occurred was because 12 months beforehand, I met um, the amazing Kylie Ryan, who um, basically gifted me a ticket to her workshop in Brisbane. And I just knew I needed something to shift in my life. I'd gotten to a point where I was looking in the mirror and I didn't recognize the woman that I was. I didn't like the woman that I was and I didn't recognize her. I'd spent five years living and traveling overseas. I'd come back to Australia reluctantly and didn't really, I was happy, but I wasn't really enjoying my life. And I stumbled across Kylie's page and um, it was probably one of the darkest days of my life because I'd was so miserable but I'd spent so long telling everybody I was fine and quite happy to go and be there and do everything for everybody else because it actually meant I didn't have to really acknowledge what was going on in my own head in my own heart and mm. I got to a point where I was thinking of how to end my life mm. and somebody had uh, tagged something that Kylie had said on Facebook and I it really resonated with me and that day I sent her an email and the next day she responded and um everything shifted from there it was like she knew what was going on inside my head mm. so within a month I was in her workshop bawling my eyes out um, and she offered this one year program to you know lose weight and learn to love yourself again and I was like oh, yeah whatever I just want to get rid of the weight because I don't recognize who I am mm. and that journey changed my life she showed me through mindset work how you can really see the trueness of who you are so I actually fell in love with myself for the first time in years and you know the weight fell off I lost 11 centimeters around each of my thighs um you know I had an unrealistic expectation too I wanted to be 65 kilos and you know that's not workable for my body shape and size and height um but what came from that was an incredible year of self-discovery and I had done I was a social worker before all this in child protection. So I've done a lot of professional development, a lot of personal development. And so you're constantly, you need to upskill all the time because you need to be able to be the best you can be to be able to support the people who are coming in to your caseload mm. who have, you know, quite extensive history of, you know, harm and um, upset. So everything from emotional 
or physical and sexual abuse. So what Kylie showed me was some resources in my own head. So I had a lot of limiting beliefs around I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I don't get to have what I want, I'm fat, I'm stupid, I'm dumb. I've had men say to me, I don't date women your size, um, you'd be much prettier if you lost weight. Um, I had one guy tell me um, that I, I was too fat for his liking anyway. Um, and I had done every diet you could possibly imagine. Mm. So I'd also gone, I was also comfort eating, flogging my body at the gym two hours a day. Um, so instead of dealing with my emotions, I was eating them. Mm. So through that became this incredible new way of living. So I realized that your mind creates your world and your thoughts. You can control them, but you can't control what everybody else does. So it's just your reaction to it. Mm. And, you know, I had been so depressed and so um, low that I didn't want to come back up out of the hole. So what I did was I dug my own tunnel and came out in my own wonderland. Mm. And it's like this that. incredible way of living. Like, if, you know, yeah. we've both been there. And yeah. I mean, you know, we met at a time where, you know, I think we were both doing um, a boot camp down in New Farm Park. Mm. You know, and, you know, I couldn't be, before I did the mindset work, I wasn't never happy with where I was at. It was never enough. Um, so once I dealt with the limiting beliefs and, you know, they still pop up in different forms and, you know, now I can deal with them like that really, really quick. Um, everything changed. And so I left my, um, I was working in recruitment, which I loved, but I wanted more. And for the first time in my life, I was like, you know what? I deserve to have more. So I um, left and I worked with Kylie under her mentorship for a year and um, coaching and working with women around weight loss and self-esteem and confidence and leadership. And I just, I loved it. I just loved watching these women light up when they realized how incredibly powerful they are and that the only thing that gets to define them is who they say they are, not what somebody told them when they were six or seven yeah. or the number on the friggin' scale because that just tells you your past, right? It doesn't actually tell you who you are as a human being right in this moment. And that um, was just incredible and exquisite to be the luckiest woman in the world to be able to take women through that process. So I started blogging my journey and created um, my page and started coaching around the, the weight loss kind of didn't stick in the respect of that's not what women started to come to me for. They wanted the confidence. They wanted to feel more alive in themselves. They wanted to be leaders in their own lives. That then led to me being recommended to a non-for-profit and coaching best of and helping them to reach a more effective level of operation, whether it's good KPIs, better outcomes for their clients, better business relationships within the community and, you know, more confidence and satisfaction within themselves mm. and whether or not it really was the right job for them. So because we put so, you know, we spend 70% of our lives doing what we love in a nine to five job. Mm. But if you don't love who you are and love what you do, then it, the ripple effect is huge. So, yeah. If you, you know, stub your, stub your toe in the morning, right, then people swear and curse and everything else ripple effects. Whereas if you give gratitude in the morning, everything is effortless and it just flows. Yeah. So it, you know, like everything happens for a reason. So, you know, like you just learn to appreciate, you know, even right now it's pouring with rain outside and I'm, I just absolutely love it because it's, it's so <laughs> cleansing. It's so refreshing. 
um, you know, it replenishes the farmers. I hope they're getting it. Um, but for me, it just reminds me of the, the dynamic and the beauty that I get to experience every day because I'm alive and I'm more present than I was, you know, living in the woe is me, my life sucks, I don't get to live overseas anymore <laughs> mindset where I was all those years yeah. ago. And it's all that perception, like you said. Uh, I woke up and thought, oh, it's a bit gloomy today. And I felt a bit, uh, and then I did a live stream and that perked me up. So, you know, it's, yeah. yeah, focusing on the gratitude like you did this morning or focusing on the things you love. Um, I wanted to mention a couple of things that you mentioned then around, um, I, I think it's important distinction as well with what you did with, you went through your own weight loss journey and then you helped people with that. And then you helped people, you know, in these different areas, you've helped people with the things that you've been through, which I think is so important in, in business and just in, in life. Um, but also... Absolutely. Like you, you, you don't take your body, you know, to... Um, sorry, you don't take your car to a dentist. You take mm. it to a mechanic. Okay. Yeah. Like when it runs out of fuel, you put fuel in it, Right. So our bodies are the same and so are our minds. And who would I be to stand up in front of women and say, you know, this is what you need to do if I hadn't done it myself? Like, you know, there's, I cannot possibly imagine what it's like to be another human being, but I can guide and give an empathetic awareness and compassion mm. around what worked. And that's merely just, this is my experience. These are my suggestions. You'll take on what you need because I trust that you trust yourself. And if you don't, then you can come and work with me and I'll show you how to trust your inner self because mm. that is your one true navigational point. Mm. Our instinct, it's so, you know, point to what we need to do in our lives. Yeah. We trust that we'll end up where, you know, we really want to be. Yeah. And I love how you said as well what you found with the weight loss and also with the work um, in, in the second role that you had. It's, it wasn't about the job and it wasn't about the weight. It's always about something deeper. And once you address that, then you can truly let go of the weight or find your dream job or succeed in business or whatever area it is in your life that you're struggling with. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just it. We, we operate under this facade that, um, you know, by the certain age, we should be doing this, this and this and this. Mm. And, you know, it's just because one person's written the recipe book that way doesn't mean you need to follow it. You know, create your own rules. And that one part of you, if you can look in the mirror in the morning and really admire and acknowledge who you really are, then you are 10 steps ahead of the rest of the world that needs that you know, validation from, you know, somebody else or, you know, like I don't, I am, um, I don't give a shit what I wear. <laughs> like I'm not, a, you know, I'm not a fashion statement by any means whatsoever, but if I'm comfortable in what I've got on, mm. maybe I can rock the world. Like, mm. you know, I remember uh, when I was in Paris last year, I went home to visit and um, I was coaching a client and she's, um, she's like, it was eight o'clock in the morning in Paris and seven o'clock in Sydney. And um, she's like, show me, show me where you are. And I turned the laptop around and she started laughing at me. I said, what? And she goes, are you in your pajamas? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course I am. She's like, oh, wow. She's like, I wouldn't know. And I said, no, because it doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. It doesn't matter what I'm, what I'm wearing or where I am or what I'm doing. What yeah. matters is I'm the best I can be so that I can guide you and facilitate you to be the best that you can be. And whether that's being the best mum possible, the best, you know, wife possible, whether it's being 
the CEO of your own business, whether it's just being the number one in your, in your job or whether it's you just want to run that five kilometers, mm. it's your dream, it's your desire. And if it resonates within you and you can connect your head and your heart and your gut, mm. then you will align and go and be happy because your happiness is your responsibility, mm. nobody else's. Yeah. And that's a lot of what we tend to do, right? We tend to, there's, that's, you know, here's the reason I'm unhappy. Really? Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. you are responsible for that. You know, totally. I mean, all right, some jerk cuts you off in traffic. He's a jerk who cut you off in traffic. Big deal. Mm. Smile at him and wave and get on with your day. Like he doesn't get yeah. to give you, you don't get to give him any more of your energy. Mm. So, and it's the same with our limiting beliefs, you know, and our stories from when we were little and this happened and that happened and, you know, and, Again, you made a really good point in the live this morning, you know, like mm. one per, four people in one situation, you can all take that situation differently mm. and make yeah. it operate. Yeah. Totally. And that's the thing for years. Yeah. yeah. I had blamed, um, you know, family issues on my weight and, you know, like good girl, I was taught that nice girls don't get angry. And so I never learned to really get angry. I, I ate ice cream and I would do it secretly and shamefully. Like I would hide in the middle of the night and eat it. Yeah, and then and then hide the evidence, and then do two hours at the gym the next morning to make up for this that mm. I've done this. Whereas you know now that I know and recognise what anger is for me, it's just an emotion, yeah. And I can deal with it. And sometimes it's writing a fuck off letter, and sometimes it's going and doing a boxing session, and sometimes it's you know screaming into a pillow, and other times it's just going right. I'm really freaking angry right now. Mm. And within about 10 seconds, once I've kind of acknowledged that, it just starts to dissolve. Totally. It's yeah. so easy. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, most I think people so don't, many- yeah, most people don't feel that and they push it down and they medicate with drugs or alcohol or ignoring it, being busy or whatever it is. So they don't feel it and it just gets pushed down, but then it gets worse and worse because we're not dealing with it. It'll keep coming up until mm. we deal with it, right? Yeah, and it usually implodes at the most inconvenient and yeah. inopportune time. Um, and so that other pearl person is the receptor of your anger from when you were like six years old. Yeah. So, you know, um, <laughs> you know and, and sometimes it does, when you come up with that, you know, when you've not really been taught how to deal with, you know, our anger, because our parents did the best jobs that they could do with what they had. And mm-hmm. so do we as we move forward. Yeah. And I was a nanny for a long time. And for me, it was a really important role because I was a leader and a caregiver to these children and I wanted them to be the best little people they could be and I needed to model that and I needed to be able to hear them and listen to them and show them ways to do and be and think so that they could make choices mm. that either would keep them safe or would allow them to fully express themselves or, you know, we used to have this little thing where I didn't mind if I came down in the morning grumpy but they had to tell me. So it became this, I've got my grumpy pants on this morning. I'm like, great. Well, thank you for telling me. Um, You tell us what you need and we'll go from there. Mm. The littlest one being four, one morning came down, she had a grumpy pants on and um, I was like, that's okay. Thank you for telling me. You let me know when, you know, you need anything, you need a hug or a talk. She's eating her breakfast. And after she finished a cereal, she's like, can I go, I need to be excused. And I was like, okay, well, we need to go to school in five minutes. So as long as you're back down here by five minutes, she's gone all the way up five flights of stairs in our house and she's come back down with a new outfit on and she smiled at me and she goes oh, I'm sitting in my grumpy pants and I didn't like it so I've got my happy dress on now I feel better now <laughs> that's cool 
You know, so how often do we not allow, you know, ourselves to sit in that space? And all I did was let her just sit in her grumpiness. I didn't tell her to get over. I didn't tell her to get on with it. I didn't. I just, okay. Yeah. I, she, didn't, she didn't tell me why she was grumpy. And, you know, yeah. you know, I always left that door open for them. But as human beings, we don't acknowledge what we feel. Mm. We, we squish it and we twist it and we manipulate and multiply it. And, yeah. You know, I remember having a conversation with my mum not long after I'd done, started doing the mindset work and really getting to the core issues of my beliefs. And, you know, you know, my mum's an incredible woman and I said to her, you know, I was really frustrated and I was nervous to have this really straight, truthful, honest conversation with her. Mm. And because um, she said to me, I don't understand. I always told you we're beautiful. You know, I don't understand what went wrong. And um, after we had this conversation, she said to me, I get it now. She said... I told you, but I never showed you. Mm. So, you know, and that took a lot of courage for me as an adult to have that open, honest conversation, but it enabled us to have a whole new level of relationship yeah. and that relatedness that then we have with other people around us. And, yeah. it, you know, it makes that awareness shift in your conversation so much easier. So yeah. part of this, this mindset work set me up um, very differently in my life to what it would have been. Mm. And, you know, um, as you know, last August I was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 36. Yeah. And I truly trust in my mind that if I had not done the work on myself, I would not still be here. Yeah. And I've had a lot of people, um, I've shared my journey on Facebook. Um, I made a public, a public announcement on my business page and, mm. um, because everything shifted in that moment. And I remember when I found the lump, I was like, oh, this isn't really, this doesn't feel right. Mm. And my doctor had been actually testing me for my fatigue levels for like nine months. And we just couldn't, I couldn't put my finger on what was wrong until I literally did. And I found the lump and um, within, uh, I knew I was having a doctor's appointment within the two week process. So I went to my doctor, she did, you know, she checked, she's like, yes, that. I'm going to send you for an ultrasound. And within, you know, it rippled effect. It was ultrasound, then it was a, a mammogram, and then it was a biopsy, and then it was the diagnosis on the Friday. Mm. And I remember sitting with, my doctor was not there. She had gone on maternity leave the day before. So I had this lovely young male doctor sitting there looking at me with fear and terror on his face. <laughs> and he, I, said, I just looked at him and smiled, and I just nodded. And he looked at me and he said, do you have invasive carcinoma? Mm. I was like, okay. Fuck. And he was like, yeah. He said, you don't know me. You've never met me. He said, I, I want to hug you, but that's not really appropriate. I said, it's fine. Um, read me the pathology report. So he did. I said, okay, um, what do I do from here? And he goes, well, we need to get you in to see a surgeon. We need to discuss your options. I'm like, okay. He goes, do you want to, um, do you want me to get your mum and your best friend? And I was like, yes. I said, but I need you to do one thing for me. And he's like, what's that? I said, I need you to tell them because I can't look at them right now. And he was like, okay. Mm. And when he brought them in, my bestie came and sat straight next to me and uh, my mum was sitting across. And my mum had already been in a very big denial, even when I told her when I found it. Yeah. And when he said the words, Selena has breast cancer, my mum's response was, no, 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 no. We need a second opinion. No, 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 this should be me. And I'm like, it shouldn't be anyone. Mm. Stop and listen. We're going to deal with this. 
And we got outside the doctor's surgery. And in the end, the doctor was quite sweet. He, um, he's like, can I hug you now? I'm like, yeah, give me a hug. Like, it's okay. And he goes, well, are you telling me? It's so, okay. I should be telling you. And I think what I realised was how much the fear sits in those words of you have breast cancer. Mm. And even in my video when I said it to the world, you know, I said in that video, guys, I'm 12 months down the track. This is a little glitch in the system. I'm done. We're done. Come on the track. I'm fine. Yeah. You're just going to have to be patient with me while I go through this system. And this is what's going to frustrate the hell out of me because I have to go through a system that operates yeah. the way it does. So I did a lot of research um, around what breast cancer is in women, um, the emotional mindset around it. I did a lot of work around that. And I continue to do it through the whole journey. Um, I did things in chemo that nurses had heard of but never seen. Like I wrote on my arm, I am well, I am healthy, um, I'm full of vitality and energy, I am loved. And they're like, we've heard of people doing this, we've never seen it, so they were a bit excited. Yeah. Um, you know, even my lung shrunk in the surgery. It went from a 3.4 down to 2.4. Um, the margin was only five centimetres in the end. They only took out three lymph nodes in the end. Like... Everything went better than anyone could ever have expected. And again, I put it down to what I was thinking in my head. Yeah. And even the day of the diagnosis, we went outside and I remember looking up to the sky and, you know, I swore and I just went, fuck. Mm. <sighs> All right, let's do this. Yeah. And, you know. What was that decision that you made in the beginning? Cancer picked the wrong woman to fuck with. Mm. Yeah. There was no way I was going to let this take over my life. Mm. And even only for a short period of time, which is what it's done for the last you know, nine months, it's been, it's been about it. Mm. Um, it just made me realise that this doesn't get to define me. Mm. Um, I've had to grieve my old life. I, I had to freeze eggs. Um, I have 22 little friable frozen eggs all ready to go if I ever should choose to have children. Mm. Um, that was probably the most confronting thing as well. Like that, that was, you know, the first, the first thing everyone said to me was, oh, my God, like, you know, um, have you talked to your husband about this? And I'm like, oh, well, I'm not married. Yeah. Um, you need to do um, Maybe you should do embryos. I'm like, I'm not creating a life in this kind of environment. No way. Like, <laughs> um, no, we'll just freeze the eggs and we'll choose to do what we do from there. And when I wanted to donate my, some of my eggs to science, my fertility specialist was like, it's very sweet of you, but, no, <laughs> so, um, you know, I even donated my hair, like my hair was down to my butt and I cut it off and I donated it for a little girl to have a hair wig made because she has alopecia. So, yeah. you know, like people just like, you keep giving and giving and said, yeah, and now I need to learn to proceed. Yeah. And that's part of the learning of this. And I had to grieve the life that I thought I was going to live. Mm. And now I have this incredible new life. And yeah. It's not like my life was shit before, yeah. but. I have a totally different awareness and appreciation of what I, I'm here to do. Yeah. And um, I recently ran a mindset workshop at a breast cancer survivor retreat and 19 women's lives were changed in that day mm. because of who I was. Yeah. And, you know, we operate, you know, the medical team were brilliant, um, but I have thrown everything at this medically complimentary, holistic, you name it. I've done it. I'm doing it because at the end of the day, this, I had cancer. It didn't have me. Yeah. 
And I, I think the greatest thing I've seen with you is that you did all this work on yourself before this happened, but this gave you an even deeper understanding of yourself and that love for yourself and being able to receive and, uh, and, and really brought about what your, what your true purpose is now in you were, you know, giving to others and coaching in other areas for other people. And now you get to do this for yourself and really step into your new identity or even not even new, but a deeper version of yourself and really uh, inspire and motivate others. But that all came from having to give back to yourself first. And I think it's, it's you got it. Mm. Yeah, thank you. It's spot on. It is. It's this, I'm now learning to receive more so than I've ever done in life with no guilt and, you know, an awareness of how to really stand in my power to have others stand in theirs. And if you can do that, mm. then your life just takes off. Like there's a whole new level of, of thinking, of being, of feeling and when you give to others, it's a great service, but you have to fill up your cup first. I tell my clients all the time, put your own oxygen mask on. And yet I, you know, I got bloody diagnosed with a disease for me to do it for myself. So, yeah. you know, huge learning curve for me, absolutely massive. And yeah. I stopped being a perfectionist, you know, like, God, I was such a perfectionist. And really that's just procrastination in a prom dress, as I call it. So, you know, it's stop being perfectionist stop waiting for this when you do this when i get into that size 10 dress or you know when i make ten thousand dollars a month or whatever just fucking do it now because yeah. all you have is now mm. and you get to be the best version of you who you are now so deal with your bullshit you know i call them your bullshit beliefs deal with the bullshit mm. step up and move forward only you can propel yourself into being extraordinary and that's yeah. just it you one extraordinary moment you get to decide if that's now not you know some guy in a suit or a white jacket who says oh by the way you're not in remission for five years well screw that i'm no i've got a life to live and if okay i only have five years left to live what am i going to do with it mm. you know and i did a i did a live video a while back on you know if you had 12 months left what would you do with it don't panic i'm not i'm not <laughs> dying you're all i'm fine um but that's I, you know, I put out there because, you know, we spend so long in this, you weren't born to be in this mediocre existence. Mm. You know, there's a reason for you being here yeah. and, you know, everybody gets to decide that in yeah. that moment. So, you know, don't sit in traffic for three hours a day if you hate it and you hate your job. You yeah. know, do something about it. Yeah. Um, and I think as well. I used to commute to my old job. Mm. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and I was just saying, that, you know, if I got stuck in traffic, I always, always put on a podcast and listen to something, yeah. you know, like, so, mm. like this. I used to listen to these, like Brendan Prashad and um, Danielle Lepore and um, Louis Hay and um, yeah. Wayne Dyer and Eckhart Tolle. Like I, like, I used to listen to that while I sat in traffic because I'm like, this is my little bubble. This is my time for myself. Yeah. You know, if I'm going to sit here in traffic with all these other people, I may as well make the most of it. Yeah, exactly. And I think, I think the biggest thing as well is that you can decide, you know, what you choose to make of something you can. And I don't think people need to wait until something drastic happens, like 
you know, a cancer diagnosis or, you know, your partner leaving you or your business failing or some massive thing. I think the greatest lesson from, from you talking and, and everyone listening to this today is that, um, you know, make the most of your life now before yes. things drastic happen. Yes. Yes. Don't wait. Just do, you know, and that's the thing. Like there's stop trying because you're teeing all over yourself and mm. just do what you need to do to be happy in the now. Yeah. Don't wait for, you know, Donald Trump to become president of the United States. <laughs> like, just do what you need to do. And, I, and that's the thing. I don't want people to, to get a diagnosis or to, you know, loathe themselves in the mirror so much that they want to end their life because mm. they don't recognise who they are anymore. You, you are this one extraordinary gift to the world. No one is going to do in the world what you can do. So just go do it. And one thing, like if you can do one thing today, what would it be? Is it going and writing on the mirror, I love and accept myself? Is it opening up an account so that you can do that adventure trip on the Camino trek next year? Mm. You know, is it, um, you know, if there's a guy at work and you think he's really cute, go ask him out for coffee for crying out loud. What's the worst you'll say? No. Yeah. Well, okay, you said no. It just opens up an opportunity for a yes somewhere else. Like, yeah. You know, so just yeah. little things. It's, and that's the biggest thing. Um, and people say to me, you know, you had cancer. And it's like, look, really what happened was there were some cells that mutated in my boob. Yeah. That's it. That's what happened. I still had both my breasts. I'm very lucky. I got to trial a Coleman cap from Europe, which meant I didn't lose all my hair. Mm. Um, I only had three lymph nodes removed, so I get a slight swelling in my arm. Um, I gained 10 kilos from fertility drugs and steroids, mm. but I have 22 frozen eggs. Yeah. You know, and I have kept myself moving. I go to a cancer survivor exercise program. I go to yoga. I meditate every day. Like I still do the things I did before, but I do it with a lot more love, a lot more gratitude, a lot more compassion and patience and a lot more clarity mm. than I did before BC. Yeah. And that's what I want other people to have. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. And so uh, I think just I guess one last thing what would be the biggest thing and I guess you've just said it anyway but what would be the biggest thing that uh the biggest tip that you would give people to start moving forwards if they're like okay this all sounds great but I'm scared or whatever what would be the biggest thing that you would tell them hmm. feel the fear and do it anyway because fear is just a perception of the mind and hmm. um, you know, if you could talk to your six-year-old self, what would you say to them? Mm. You know, like, well, knowing what you know now, go, go sit down and have a conversation with that little six-year-old self mm. and tell them what an extraordinary life you have ahead of them. And that even if they're scared, when they go and do it, then they know they're brave. Because people say to me, you're so brave. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just doing the best I can with what I've got. Yeah. And then you just... You just do it. You just literally just take the step. And it is self-compassion is self-care. Mm. And it's that I've learned to receive now. And when I receive from others, that also makes them feel good. Because, you know, I used to get a high to give to others, but now I'm getting the same high to receive from others. And that's a beautiful thing in itself. So, and it still comes back to your own oxygen mask. If you are full of joy and love and, you know, you know how to deal with your frustration and your anger and your fear, 
then you'll just do it. It takes 4% is a comfort zone. Mm. Most human beings sit at 3.9% and then they go back into safety. Yeah. Just tilt that 1% and I guarantee you that new level, that new high is worth it. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much. Um, I'm sure everyone's going to love this and uh, where can where can people find you if they want to follow you um, on social media or anywhere like that? Yep, so uh, they can jump over to Facebook, Selena Jane Louise. Um, I'm the only one. And um, follow my, I do daily, daily memos, uh, do lives. I've just started doing morning meditations. I might do an evening one too because that seems to be what people want. Um, I'm opening my books up in July to start uh, private packages again and running workshops. I will be running a workshop down on the Gold Coast in July for a chronic fatigue and wellness support group. Mm. Um, and... I am also going to be doing a talk at an all-girls school and I'll also be um, opening up a new online program that I'm creating which will be set for launch probably closer to the end of the year. So watch this space. I'm also on LinkedIn too for anyone in that corporate capacity as well and Mm. I'm quite happy to send me a private message and we'll have a chat. Awesome. Cool. I'll pop any links below the the podcast as well for everyone. Awesome. Beautiful. And thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. My pleasure. Abiento.